bumper sticker caught my eye because it had no words. While I was in Texas this week, there were a lot of bumper stickers to look at, but this one was just a, a few symbols. And when we pulled the car closer up to it, at this traffic light, I could make it out. There was a downward arrow and then a cross, what caught my eye in the first place, and then two arches, an upward arrow, and then a downward arrow. Can you picture it? Downward, cross, two arches, upward arrow, downward arrow. What in the world is that, I said. And then the light bulb went off. Don't you like when the light bulb goes off? I said, wait, I know that. That's the creed on a bumper sticker. Can you see it? The downward arrow, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He lived among us. He taught and healed among us. And the cross, he died for us upon that awful form of torture. And then the double arch, which was so confusing, not a rainbow, but the tomb. He was buried. And then on the third day rose again the upward arrow, ascended into heaven. And then, as we profess each week, he will come again, the downward arrow, to judge the living and the dead. I love it. <laughs> I love easy things. It's a bumper sticker that tells the faith. We like a handle, something that we can grab a hold of. And I propose the bumper sticker, well, no, I propose the Beatitudes, not a bumper sticker, but similarly designed to catch our attention. Scholars will talk about it being all of the teachings of Jesus in one phrase, all of it in, in one nutshell, if you will. That being said, it's not an easy nut to swallow, or crack, as the analogy goes, because I've I think many of us struggle to get a picture for it. We like images. We like those arrows. Well, that was the case for me and until this past week when I got to see the, the episode of The Chosen in which Jesus is composing the Beatitudes. I know many of you have been watching that online program of The, the Chosen. If you've seen it, you know he, he's working on the Sermon on the Mount with Matthew there, his scribe, the tax collector, who brought with him his, his ability to write. He needs something else. And what do they realize? It's missing what we now know, what we've just heard in the Gospel, as the Beatitudes. But how do they depict it on the screen? It's masterful. For each one of the phrases of the Beatitudes, they imagine Jesus imagining one of his disciples. Blessed are the peacemakers. He pictures Philip getting between two of the disciples who are about to come to blows. Blessed are the pure of heart. He pictures Thomas in his beautiful and loving but chaste relationship with one of the young ladies in the company. Blessed are those who are persecuted, and he turns and sees Matthew, the tax collector who's been mocked thoroughly, even by the disciples. It's lovely. It's masterfully done. But I almost felt like it was too sweet. 
too good to be true. What do the scholars really say about this sort of thing? And then I went to the great and late Pope Benedict XVI's writing, and this is what I found. He says, what the Beatitudes mean cannot be expressed in purely theoretical terms. What the Beatitudes mean is proclaimed in the life and sufferings and the mysterious joy of the disciple who gives himself over completely to following the Lord. It takes the disciple to visualize it. It's not just pure theoretical. It's not pure theology or spirituality. It's lived out in flesh and blood. The great theologian and the great online TV program were in perfect agreement. We're not supposed to just read the words or ponder the ideas, but to flesh them out, to ponder the people. For example, this week we're featuring St. Benedict, the founder of Western monasticism. He's in the article in your bulletin and in our Rediscovering the Saints book. One who hungered and thirsted for righteousness. As we see in the article in the bulletin, turning away from all the debauchery of Rome in the ancient world and coming to find that, that pure of heart life. I've got a, an invitation for you this week that I've been doing through the week myself. Take the Beatitudes. And I know you've taken them before, most of you, and tried to pray with them, but try this out. Each day, maybe, pray with a different one. Doing two things. Asking the Lord, first of all, to bring to mind somebody who lived this beatitude out well. Someone who was poor in spirit. Someone who was mourning. Someone who's meek. Thank him for their holy witness. And then secondly, ask the Lord in his goodness to show you how you, how we are supposed to live out that beatitude this day. Just one a day. Who has done this so well? We praise you and thank you for them, Lord. And how am I, just here and just now, how am I supposed to, to live this out? That's how it's all supposed to be. It is to be fleshed out. Is there any wonder we come here not to, to ponder the theological or theoretical ideas of Jesus, but for it to be enfleshed? His body and blood, not a pure symbol, but his very existence. His body, blood, soul, and divinity fleshed out. So it is with all of his teachings and all of his ideas. They're supposed to be lived out to the full. When I saw the bumper sticker, I told you, I would have just dismissed it. It's just too much. All these weird squiggles on a sticker. But I spotted the cross. That's how I knew it must be something of the faith. The Beatitudes, likewise, they can just sound like words, squiggles on a page, until we see in them the cross. How can meekness or righteousness or mourning or persecution be signs of blessedness? How could they be signs of, of true and lasting happiness? Only when we see in them the cross, the one who gave them, yes, going to the cross, but also each of us who takes up our cross every day and follows him, 
that's when they start making sense. That's when they start being able to be lived out. And when we see it, when we realize it, it's not enough, it's not enough to leave them on the bumper. Instead, we realize this must be lived out with all our hearts.